Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of iZombie Radio. This is the Season 1, Episode 3 episode. So, um, I'm here with my co-stars as normal. Um, how you guys doing, Sean, Chris? I'm exhausted. Go for it. Mm. Oh no, I was, I was just going to say, I'm doing well. I was like saying earlier before we got on here that I'm happy because, you know, Fall TV's back, so uh, some good shows coming back tonight, and uh, yeah, a little, a little too much too much good TV on Tuesday nights, which is... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, but it's it's um, it's cool, and I'm I don't know, in a pretty good mood. Ate some ice cream earlier, I'm, I'm doing well. Nice. That's great to hear. Yeah, I'm uh I've been really busy the last week. But uh I had a good weekend. I had a really relaxing weekend and uh Yeah, I'm ready to start this week. If I can get through tonight and like tomorrow morning. It's a it's a busy a good, night. Good tipping. It's a busy point night for, for you. Yeah. So I'm you know, I'm having this sweet potato ale and taking advantage of the time with you guys. So, uh, I guess with that, we'll move into the news for this week. And, you know, just like previous weeks, the news has been pretty dry. Um, season is closer, but, you know, still a uh, ways off, so. We got a week closer this time. Yeah. So it's one less week. Yeah. So, Don't know um, how many more weeks left, but we're one week closer. Exactly. Yep. Positive thinking. But so, uh. <laughs> On Rose McIver's Twitter, or Instagram, well, I guess probably both, but Instagram, she posted uh, some pictures from the set, and the first picture that she posted is her with both Ken Marino and Darren Norris, who plays Johnny Frost, so I guess both of those characters are going to be returning at some point, um, which is pretty interesting. What do you guys think? Um, I'm personally really excited just because both of them are pretty great comedic characters. You know, Ken Marino, the attorney Brant Stone last year, he was really funny and, uh, he played off of, uh, Alan Mishaka's Peyton really well too. And then, I mean, Johnny Frost, how can you not want more Johnny Frost? Right. So, uh, the fact that it looks like they're going to be in the same episode, hopefully, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty psyched about that. Yeah, pretty much echoing the same thing off of Chris. It's, I'm just ready to see that sort of dynamic between uh, Peyton and uh, crap, can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, Brant Stone. Brant Stone. I'm a little fuzzy right now, mentally. Um, but <laughs> as you, as one would say, or as I have said previously, I'm brain dead. Yeah, no, I'm definitely really pumped for it. Two, like you said, Chris, great comedic actors there who have been awesome in these roles before. So, yeah, definitely, I just, like I that, just, it's definitely going to be like a goofy episode or a fun, a really fun episode. So, yeah, I'm just hoping they have a scene together, like yeah, somehow. Yeah, I, I don't know how that would really work, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's I Zombie. We've seen much crazier things happen. Right. So. 
But yeah, maybe maybe Johnny Frost needs an attorney, and Brent Stone's there. I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Johnny Frost gets himself into trouble for the like, third yeah. time. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, that right. is like popping into TV more often. Dude, he's yeah, he's so good. He's just I good. Now. He's in um, it hasn't aired. Yeah, it hasn't aired yet. Be, yeah, yeah, but he's. He's in, uh, yeah, because I've seen the first two episodes of the season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and uh, yeah, he's in next week's episode as the new captain, and uh, he's hilarious <laughs> without yeah, exactly. giving anything away. He's he's really good, and yeah. uh, and then he was in, um, you know, he's in uh, Agent Carter just mm-hmm. recently, and you know, he's he's hopping into all the good shows. Yeah, rest in rest in peace, Agent Carter. By the I way, know. pour one out. Pour one out. Um, you're the one drinking. You got to pour it out, please. All right. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and then uh, Rose posted another photo, and that was uh, Dommy Live, as she titled it. <laughs> so this is the Dominatrix uh, episode, I guess, that they've been talking about, and she's just in like, a little <gasps> dress, but Yo. she's next to a very risque lamp. Yeah, I just thought of it. What if, because if these are from the same day, these photos, they're from a day apart, but what if Johnny Frost and Brant Stone <laughs> show up at the Dominatrix place? Right. Oh, she my is God. In, she is in all black in the the um, picture yeah. with them. You know, like that. It literally looks like, like a... Oh, snap. A crazier version of like the rubber man suit next to her from like American Horror Story. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's gonna be amazing. Like, just yeah, it would be the perfect episode to incorporate those two in somehow. Yeah, I Sean, you got any you got any ideas for this or just thoughts on the photo? That would I'm totally going to just say it right now. I hope that all three of these things happen in the same episode because <laughs> the shenanigans that would ensue right no exactly are just it would be the most shenanigans the show has pulled off i love shenanigans um As well, we we know that well, we know that johnny frost has some uh interesting interesting tastes when it comes to the uh to the bedroom, and that he's not uh, he's not always uh, not always faithful to his uh, significant other. So yeah, right. Well, if the pilot episode taught us anything, <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. So um, it's very possible. I don't know. It could be. I God again, just hire just hire us, I zombie ride, uh, zombie riders. Come on, just hire us. But uh, but yeah, now nah, I'm. Just those three things, period. Whether they're in the same episode or not, have me really psyched. Yeah. And uh, I guess our last piece of news was is that uh, Robert Buckley was attending the Orlando Heroes and Villains Fan Fest, and he it was for charity, and so all the money went to supporting the victims after the recent shooting down there. So pretty cool that he, uh, you know, did that for a good cause. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think too. He he posted some cool photos of people cosplaying as as live and, and stuff. And uh, like you said, Blaze, just like a really good cause. And 
And it's cool because, I mean, we don't see uh, Robert Buckley at too many conventions. So I think it was really cool that he, you know, made sure to make it to this one. And uh, for any for any One Tree Hill fans out there, he he was there with uh, uh, Chantel Van Satin as well uh, from from both One Tree Hill and The Flash. I miss her on The Flash. But, uh, yeah, uh, really cool. Just, you know, Stephen Amell and uh, a bunch of other people were there as well just there for a good cause and it's just awesome to see yeah sean it's just that it was cool you know to be there for charity yeah i mean you see that a lot but with someone who's not really in the scene in the con scene too often that's sort of a big deal Mm -hmm. so Definitely. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, obviously, I know it's, you know, it's been a few months, but our thoughts and prayers still go out to Orlando and everybody that was affected by that. But it's just, it's nice to see something positive coming out of something that was so tragic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that pretty much wraps up our news portion of things. Uh, we'll move on to our predictions section of the show. So we're going to um, focus on Clive this week and Woo-hoo! what we expect out of him in the upcoming season. So uh, we'll kick it off with you, Sean. Clive, thoughts? More Game of Thrones references. <laughs> <laughs> like, if there isn't an episode where he even like quotes Game of Thrones... In any capacity, I will be happy. <laughs> That's basically it for me. I mean, I'm <laughs> wanting to see him sort of. He's gonna. I feel like he's going to start off still skeptical of the whole zombie thing, but by the end of the season, comes to grips with reality and goes, oh, "There really are some really strange undead dead people around here," or say something to that extent like you people are weird i uh i want to see i want to see his reaction to george R. R. martin being at the emmys and, and not writing on sunday night and uh, <laughs> oh that would be a good one and uh or the fact that he's like pitching a game of thrones prequel series and still not writing um anyway but uh <laughs> no I, I agree with you about you know about the more specific things i mean i think personally i think he's going to I think he's going to be pretty good with zombies, like, believing in them within within the premiere. I mean, when he when he went through everything he did at Max Rager, I can't see him, like, n- you know, n- trying to talk himself out of it. Because, um, I mean, those were literally, like, full-on 28 Days Later, Romero, whatever, pick your preference, Walking Dead, zombie. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Um, and I think it's going to maybe take him some time to adjust and, and, and maybe to trust other ones that aren't Lither and Major. And I think he's definitely going to be more suspicious than anyone of, of Fillmore Graves. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious about what kind of role he'll play, um, in that. Cause we know about the zombie speakeasy, if he'll be going there, if he, he's going to be like looking around for stuff, if he's going to try to make a case out of this. And then also, from what we know from Comic-Con, we're going to be getting some more 
insight into his backstory and his past. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm most excited to see. I definitely think there might be something with him with regard to um, like a, abuse in his past because I don't know if you guys remember, but in season two, he like beat the crap out of this one guy's dad, uh, this one kid's dad that was abusing him. Mm-hmm. And it just was like it wasn't it was like totally personal. And yeah. I always wonder I always wondered if they were gonna pick up with something like that. Like, you know, maybe his dad beat you know, you know, abused his mom, or maybe his dad hit him or, or something like that. But I feel like there's like a troubled past there. Like what brought Clive to become a cop? I think we're gonna we're gonna find that out. And I think it's gonna be really interesting and really satisfying and give his character even more depth. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And yeah, you definitely. My main uh, focus for the season was the his going into his past as well, just because that's gonna create you know so much. It's just gonna add so much to his character, and uh, and yeah, I think it'll just be fun to see how trusting he is in this new world, and sort of how much he trusts Liv and Major to you know be the leaders instead of him for once kind of and uh sort of have to be the more decisive ones because they're obviously more familiar with this world and these types of encounters so i think it'll be interesting but yeah i i I do wonder kind of off that point like how much leeway he's going to give them yeah because if if there's some bad zombie stuff going down if people start showing up dead you know, he's not going to just be like, okay, Liv, you can take care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Sh- Sean, what do you think about that? Do you think he, like, how do you think he's going to handle that friendship with Liv, but, like, you know, with what he knows now? Like, is it going to is it going to change the way he's a cop at all? or It's not going to change how he's going to go about being a cop. <clears throat> other than he's going to be like, okay, so what'd you see this time? Or have you had any of those brain vision thingy majiggers? And then around other people who don't know, he's still going to pretend like she's a psychic because that's probably going to be the easiest thing for him. So I really don't think much else is going to change. Okay. So... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping he's like pretty he's uh able to be I guess like calm and not too like aggressively defensive. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I feel you. I also I also hope I hope he gets some love again, man, cuz this yeah. breakup with this breakup with Bazio still kills me. What if it was um, a zombie? <laughs> uh, well, that would that would suck for Clyde because then he'd become a zombie if he took things <laughs> a little too far. Uh, but, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man. I just, it was nice seeing him happy last year. I know. I, I'd like, I want to see that again. He's a, he's a good dude. Yeah, no, so. I completely agree. Mm. But uh, yeah. Anything yeah. else, or do you guys want to move into the uh, review? Um, I not really nothing else to say. So. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would add is kind of what Sean touched upon already, which is 
um, it's going to be interesting to see how, like, specifically, like, how his and Liv's partnership changes. Um, yeah. Which, like, I mean, yeah, it might be as simple as, oh, what, you know, what are the visions and stuff, but, like, I kind of want to see, like, are they still going to be able to create comedy from that now that he's going to know what the changes are? Like, for example, the Dominatrix episode that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, is that going to be as funny now that he knows? Like, so I'm curious just how that's going to play, I guess. Um, I mean, I knowing the iZombie writers, it's still going to be funny and goofy and wonderful. But, um, but yeah, I guess that's what I'm, I'm kind of curious about. Clive's going to get a partner. And he's not going to know. The partner's not going to know that Liv's a zombie, so he still has to pretend that she's a psychic. That's actually... I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, no, that's definitely an interesting idea. Yeah, I wonder. That's <laughs> not... See, you guys were writing the show. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's really, that's really all I got. Alright, so I guess... Um... Now we're going to move into our review of Season 1, Episode 3, The Exterminator. So this was the episode where Liv has the brain of a hitman, and basically it uh, starts off with two kids in like some junkyard or like dock factory area, and uh, they hear something, and it turns out to be a zombie, and uh, yeah, and then the episode sort of unfolds with... Um, another murder, and Liv being on a hitman brain. Thoughts on the episode? Uh, Sean, you want to start us off? Sure. Um, it was kind of, like, second viewing, it was kind of a little tougher for me, only because of how much I just love normal Liv. And, you know, normal live is just more fun. And this brain, while it had some sort of comedy elements to it, just overall seemed kind of, eh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's only the third episode of the show. You can't really expect dynamic, crazy brains every single episode. But it would have been nice. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I... I don't know. I... I disagree... I mean, I understand what you're saying about it not being fun, but I think what I I really love about this episode and appreciate about it is just how much it kind of, like, reveals about zombies and, like, just the fact that, um... I don't know, that, like, Liv is still, like, you know, despite the fact how distant she is and how, um, you know, sociopathic she essentially is, she's still able to, like, bring herself out of it in a way. And I don't know, that just showed to me, like, the power of, like, you know, her character and, like, just the type of person she is and how, like, you know, being a zombie obviously doesn't, mean that you're going to become a, you know, a bad person or a brain-eating monster, you know, that you still have that ability to choose. And I just love that, you know, conflict, especially that she has with, uh, when she and Ravi find Marcy. Um, Mm -hmm. 
uh, it's just because you know live on a hitman brain on a sociopath hitman brain is just like just let's just put her out of her misery let's kill her and you know it, she but she kind of real she you know does realize and then when you find out that it didn't work it, that's that kind of makes it even all the more heartbreaking yeah, I was just saying that that was really the only aspect of the episode that I wasn't a big fan of, other than the little bits of, you know, what you meant, what you taught, um, <clears throat> what you touched on. So, okay. you're 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 more of a fan of like the 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 kind of funnier brains, like when she's a, you know when she's like a stripper or an old man or things like that, or. Yeah, I'm a fan of the goofier brains, only because I like enjoyed watching those more. Mm-hmm. But in terms of story, we, those sort of brains are <clears throat> not really all that conducive to, you know, telling us how zombies really work. Because sometimes Liv can just be a fun-loving gal and not necessarily be on a brain, you know? Very true. But she's not a cold-hearted killer who just has bundles upon bundles of random facts in her brain. So, sure. no, yeah. I, I guess I um I enjoyed the episode. I thought I think that it's I think it's like a nicely placed one, um, for where for the beginning of the season because you know like the the emotions over her change are still so fresh. Mm-hmm. And so it's appropriate, I think, you know, she realizes, like, because, you know, she's really, like, embarrassed about what happened with Major. Mm. And, you know, she just realizes she's, I, I feel like she just feels like she's not in control anymore. And when she goes on this brain, she's able to just, like, you know, lose all feeling and just, like, uh, give up her emotions. And that sort of gives her a control over them and, like, what she's doing. Even though it's not actually her, you know? Like, it's influenced by the brain. No, true. Very I think true. I know, I mean, that's, like, a oh, really sorry, nice... Di- no, I just think that's a really, like, nice thing to do at this point in the season. No, I I agree with that. It's cool. It's kind of... I mean, I know I don't think either of you guys watched The Vampire Diaries, but... Um, with that, their vampires have an ability that they're able to turn off their emotions because they have they have heightened emotions, and if you're feeling, you know, despair or anger or whatever, it can be too much. So you have that ability to just shut it off and be sociopathic, like Liv is in this episode, and it's such a tempting thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right, Blaze. For a little bit of this episode, it is kind of a relief for her. Yeah. Um. In a way, um, but uh, because but like, see, yeah, because like you see the interactions with, like her and Peyton, and Peyton's like, you realize like you went through like my confidential folders, and like you, mm-hmm. and then like basically like Peyton becomes jealous because Liv like proved her wrong, and Peyton's mm-hmm. like, oh, like you realize like you're putting my whole career at jeopardy, and like you don't even care. And you see, like, the interactions between Liv, you know, like, and the people she cares about. And normally it would be, like, she'd probably be freaking out because she would be assuming, like, oh, the brain has caused another problem for me and, like, I can't control this. 
But yeah. this one happens to make her just like not like stop caring. So I think it's like a really nice uh, dynamic, and they I, I really like the interactions she had with the uh, other characters. I agree. Definitely. Um, it it added it added a fun little like okay, Liv, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, like, because what's your deal? Exactly, because it's three episodes in, so like, you know, they're really just exploring. Like, this is so fresh, and uh, mm-hmm. and you know, episode two is a first sort of like, like obviously we've gotten to the point of dominatrix brains, but at the time, you know, that seemed like a more <laughs> like an extreme thing to have happen, or like an extreme brain, because you know, it was the second episode being like kind of like a free artist influenced type and uh well yeah and it and it's also and i mean this continues throughout the season too but it's also kind of again like her family and her friends being like not knowing what they're ever gonna get from her yeah you know and it, it so this kind of plants that first seed where it's like oh cool like hey maybe she like you know because like uh, everyone kind of sees in the last episode when she's like got that painter passionate brain that oh wow like she's like kind of waking up to life she's like maybe like yeah. going for but and now she's like this despondent like mm-hmm. almost cruel essentially and calculated person so it's almost like it's taking any it's like giving her family and friends so taking it away it's like this real big back and forth and I agree with you, and it, I it just I agree with you that especially like you said it's fresh uh it's still early and it's kind of like establishing kind of the format at least for the first season mm-hmm. um, you know before more people find out yeah no i agree and uh yeah so i think it's i think it's a really solid episode um i also sort of like the i also another thing i really like about it is the um the the case they solve because you know this everything basically like Clive puts faith in Liv's visions mm-hmm. in this episode, and you know he when it comes down to it he like they basically don't have the witness but they have Robbie dress up. Yeah. And you know he he takes a huge gamble there like he gambles pretty much his career, and because. Yeah. That would have been that was make or break, and I thought that was like, career suicide. Yeah, exactly. But you know, he basically was like, "All right, like I'm willing to believe in this like craziness and see what happens." So I I think that's like also a nice development that they included. Definitely, I mean, it shows too that like. It shows why Liv needs Clive so much, too, mm-hmm. because while her other friends and family might be like, what the hell, Liv, are we getting this week? He just kind of, he goes with the punches, and and she, he, by help, by working with her, he, in fact, gives her life a new sense of value and purpose. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Blaze, I agree with you. It's, it's a big deal at the end that he kind of goes along with it, and it's also... It's cool, too, because it's the first time we see Ravi kind of helping live out aside from being in the lab, you know? Yeah. Um, and, which he obviously, over the course of the next two seasons, uh, does a lot more. Um, so, no, I, yeah, I'm, I, I agree with you there totally. It's, 
it's a nice little bit of development. Yeah. So that you know, those were the the key points for me, though. Uh, do we wanna do we wanna touch on how horrible Blaine is too, real quick? <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, I, miss, for the kids. I miss this Blaine. I really do. Because Blaine, as he was at the end of Season 2, is just... As fun and interesting as it is to see him play a different facet of his character, I really miss this cold, sort of maniacal Blaine. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a different side of him. Um, he, yeah. I just well, and it and it sets up too. Um, Sean and I were kind of talking about this a little bit before we started recording. It sets up, you know, the major storyline for ha, the major storyline for major. Uh, for, <laughs> ha, 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 I thought boy. I was the fun master here. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I'm stealing it from you for this episode. Uh, okay. But, uh, he, uh, yeah, it, that's, this is like the beginning of it, really. Yeah. We start, you know, and I think the part that makes it, like, I, I'm surprised how dark they were able to get. Like, he's killing kids. Like, it's not, I mean, that's, that's true bonafide horror right there. You know? Like, it's, it's some dark stuff. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, no, it's so messed up. Like, well, and and what's crazy is now again we're talking we're you know going into the beginning of season three, we still think Blaine is a very interesting character. Like we're still rooting for him in that, some aspects. Yeah, right. Yet, yet the fact <laughs> he he killed kids like. Yeah. It's, well, all, all I'm thinking now is, Anakin, you killed young. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> I'm bringing them up, man. I'm bringing the prequels up. But, uh, <laughs> I thought we agreed never to talk about the prequels on this. Uh, was that, was that in the contract that we all signed? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's just crazy. I, and it speaks to David Anders as a performer that we still yeah. are like, Hey, you're pretty cool, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just I wanted to touch on the fact that we this. I mean, because it's it's the you know it's the big storyline for the season. Yeah, no, I'm definitely. Uh, it was good though. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is one of my favorite episodes of season one. Period. Um, especially, I think it's probably my favorite of like the first like four four episodes or so. I think it's the most well well written and constructed. And just, I agree. And, I think it's very strategic. Well, yeah, and just everything we sort of touched about, but just everything with Marcy, too. Like, Liv literally looks at an old friend and sees what she could have become yeah. if, if she wasn't fortunate enough to get some brains early and and work at a morgue. Mm-hmm. Like, she literally... And that's... that's It's powerful stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just... I mean, the show the show only does get better, but for a third episode, it just it it has a lot of heft to it. It does a lot of things really well. Yeah, I definitely agree. Anything else to add, either of you? 
Not really. I'm pretty much I pretty much got out everything I have to say. Yeah, I've been I've been talking a lot. I'm gonna give my voice to rest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I don't have anything to add. Okay. Yeah, so. no, this is uh good, but uh, so that pretty much wraps up our our uh, episode three review then and and the episode. So before we head out, uh, you know where can where can people get in contact with you guys, Chris? Sure thing. Uh, you good people can follow me on Twitter at ckinger13, ckinger13. Um, you can find all my writing at tvovermind.com. Um, if you want to literally just look up my profile, it's tvovermind.com. Uh, uh, what is it? Slash author slash ckinger13. Something like that. It's on my Twitter account, so um, I'm. Uh, I usually do review iZombie, but since it's not coming back yet uh, until midseason, I am reviewing other stuff. So if you like New Girl, I'll be reviewing that. I'm also going to be reviewing Arrow and uh, I think Frequency. So if you like any of those shows, shameless self promotion. Check out my reviews of them, um, and uh, just keep listening to this podcast, guys. We appreciate it. And, uh, Sean, how about you? How can they get in contact uh, with you, and what do you got going on? The easiest way to get in contact with me is, uh, 555, no, I'm kidding, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is at, on Twitter, at SnarkySean, it's pretty much the easiest way to get a hold of me, but I'm also across the interwebs under that name, except for a few sites. I have a Facebook page, just look up SnarkySean. There I'll be posting, you know, links to my articles over on the Marvel Report and iZombie episodes. That one DC Movies podcast episode I was on a couple weeks ago. Woot woot! And, yeah. Uh, right now, I'm currently just trying to get out of school. So... <laughs> but I'm also the pop culture editor and soon to be senior one of the senior writers over at the Marvel Report. Very cool. Congratulations. Yeah, and congrats, then, Yeah, of course. Thank you. And then I've got one more podcast. It's a Geekishly Toku podcast where we talk everything comic book related or geek related and even including superheroes, rainbow colored superheroes and spandex fighting rubber monster suits. Yeah. Uh, Very cool. And that one's Every other week, we just had a new. Ep- we just recorded a new episode on Friday. Episode has not gone up yet, so be on the lookout for that. Um, and that's uh, it's geektokupod.blogspot.com or at geektokupod on Twitter for all those updates. If you want to hear me ramble about, well, this time I actually rambled more so about a Batman VR Viewmaster than anything else. Because okay. that's a thing, but yeah. <laughs> sounds sounds sweet. Yeah. <laughs> For forty five dollars, it better be. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah. um, you can find me at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. Um, I actually forgot to mention in the beginning that I bought the omnibus of the iZombie comic. So, hopefully that'll be uh, getting to me this week and I can start reading that. I'm pretty excited. Jealous. 
Yeah, I've like one. Yeah, I've wanted to read it for so long, so I'm pretty, and I'll have it all. One book. Yeah. Oh, and we should have mentioned too that the there's a new Live Pop coming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Another oh, one? Yes, the New York Comic Con um, Wave Two announcement came today for Funko and the pops that they're going to be offering. And the last one was another variation of Live, uh, in the same like black motor you know like motorcycle boots and jacket and everything but um she has her hood up and is in like full zombie mode with red eyes so that will be coming to new york comic con look out for it it on ebay or something if you really want it i need it i need (laughs) it now if uh if hot topic's selling it again you might be able to find it in their stores because I was able to find some exclusives there, like mm-hmm. the the, B, the BB-8 with the uh, uh, lighter and uh, some other stuff. So, well, I need to uh, check my hot topic to see if they still if they have the other live one from San Diego. Yeah, yeah, she's, I, been, she's been like a really sought after one. I love I love the fact that I have her. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But I mean, yes. I have no room to put a, a pop vinyl at the moment, but gosh darn it, I'm going to try. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, I hope thanks. you get one. <laughs> me too. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I write for TVOvermind.com. I'm really happy that all the shows are back. I'm covering... I'll be doing uh, bi-weekly episodes of... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'll be covering Scream Queens, I'll be covering The Flash once it returns, and I will also be covering South Park. Um, yay, I might, yay. I might be doing some other stuff along the way. Yeah, we might be doing Supergirl together, you yep. and I as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what's up with that, but so <laughs> Chris and I might be doing Supergirl bi-weekly, um might see me on a couple Luke Cage episodes, who knows, but I'm starting to do a lot over there just because uh, the fall season is kicking into gear. And you can also find me on The Marvel Report, where I try to pump out at least one comic review each week, and I'm reviewing some episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I will be doing the first two episodes, hoping to get the first one out. Tonight, we're recording this uh, probably... A day, probably Tuesday, a day before, you'll uh, hear it. So, yeah, you know, look out for that. Go check it out if you haven't already. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So. Uh, oh, and uh, real quick, we just want to mention, guys, that uh, Katrina was not able to be on this episode. Uh, she had a, a medical emergency with her uh, with her cat. So, uh, but she's still a part of the podcast, and I'm sure she'll be back. Uh, next week but yes. just wanted to give you guys a heads up about that so yeah but um that's pretty much everything so thanks for listening bye peace out bye